1: Hello, it's Basha here and you're listening to the Slow Newscast from Tortoise. After a rough couple of years, Adidas has a glimmer of hope. In their latest quarterly results, the numbers were better than expected. The company's forecast was no longer quite as grim. But Adidas still has one problem, a big one. That big boost behind their latest results comes from selling off all their old pairs of Yeezys, Kanye West's sneaker line. Once those old pairs run out, Adidas's longer-term problems are going to continue. And so my colleagues Stephen Armstrong and Imi Harper have been investigating what happened when the world's second biggest sportswear brand tied its fortunes to a volatile megastar, known for his increasingly offensive views, putting its own staff and eventually its own fortune in peril. Over to Stephen and Imi.
2: Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know.
3: That's Kanye West in 2005, picking up a Grammy for late registration. It's his breakthrough second album. Both the album and its first single, Gold Digger, hit number one worldwide. After years of producing other rappers' work, Kanye was a global star in his own right. By 2013, if pop culture was a storm, Kanye was the heart of it. He was the most famous rapper in the world. His album Yeezus debuted at number one, he proposed to Kim Kardashian, and he picked up three more Grammys.
4: And the Grammy goes to in paris
5: jay-z and kanye west
3: he also signed an unprecedented deal with adidas worth a rumored 10 million dollars plus royalties it's a deal that by 2020 had made him the second rapper in history to achieve billionaire status on the forbes rich list so how did it go from this
2: i mean they were just an extremely extremely supportive company And I'm, uh, I'm happy. This is just only the beginning of the possibilities of what we can do together. To this, the thing
6: about it, me and Adidas is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and
2: Adidas can't drop me. Now what?
3: Now what? Well, Adidas dropped him.
7: Now, the clothing giant Adidas has ended its partnership with the musician Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. Adidas says it does not tolerate hate speech.
5: How Ye. Kanye. How you doing, Kanye?
6: How are you feeling this week? you feeling, brother? I feel good.
8: You look great. you very much, You look
6: great, my girl. Thank you, Kanye. Do you want to talk about anything, Kanye?
4: I mean, do you do you, do you think you're being unfairly targeted?
3: I'm Stephen Armstrong, and I've been reporting on culture since Zinedine Zidane wore Adidas Predator Precisions whilst winning the European Championships for France. Back then, football writers used to talk about the curse of Nike. If a player featured in a Nike World Cup ad, it almost guaranteed a disastrous performance in the tournament. Today, it isn't Nike that seems cursed.
5: When Adidas signed West, I said, this is going to end badly, and it did.
7: If you're working with someone that is highly creative, incredibly rich and really, really important, it's very hard for anyone to say, you know what, I don't really like that. That's not cool.
9: The hype around them was like, it was crazy, but there was still no hype around Adidas. It was purely, purely Yeezys.
3: It's September 2013, and New York Fashion Week is in full swing. Kanye West is busy launching his Yeezus tour when a text pings through on his phone. I just landed
9: in New York. By chance, are you here?
3: The text is from John Wexler, or Wex. Sporting grey hair and horn-rimmed glasses, Wex is Adidas's Vice President of Global Entertainment and Influencer Marketing. He works with Snoop Dogg and Pharrell Williams. And he's heard that Kanye isn't happy with his Nike deal, which produced the coveted Air Yeezy sneaker. After making small talk with Kanye, Wex pings over another text
5: Hey, we're all here. Maybe we should connect.
3: The pair have been in talks for a while. Kanye wanted a platform to create, and Wex wanted a megastar to promote the brand. New York Fashion Week was the perfect opportunity. Both Adidas chief marketing officer and its creative director are also in town for the Y3 show. And so Wex and his colleagues meet Kanye as he rehearses for a performance on the television show Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. It kickstarts a conversation that ends on November the 6th, 2013, when Wex receives a text from Kanye that reads: The world changes now. Moments later, Kenye signed contract appears in Wexler's
4: email inbox. My name is Brendan Dunn. I'm the head of sneaker content at Complex. I've been writing about sneakers for over a decade now. They really consume my life in a way that extends beyond my work. I'm speaking to you now from a room filled with several hundred pairs of shoes. The Nike deal went sour because Nike was not giving Kanye what he wanted. He wanted to have a meaningful role in this company and create something much bigger than him not being a full-blown athlete, him, in their view, not being justified for a signature deal on the level of a LeBron or a Michael Jordan. Kanye's very public response to this was, I am an athlete. I go to Madison Square Garden and I play one-on-one with myself. When celebrities
3: sign a contract with a brand, there's always a risk, says PR guru Mark Bukowski. Mark's worked with stars like Led Zeppelin, Eddie Izzard, and briefly Michael Jackson, as well as brands like Vodafone, Amex and Sony.
6: I can't say what was happening in the room with Adidas, but I would, it would surprise me if there wasn't um, some sort of eager wrangler um, who was present who felt that they could uh, manage this on the basis of the commercial deal.
3: For
4: Adidas, that ego wrangler was John Wexler. And Adidas was willing to bet on Kanye West in a way that Nike wasn't. John Wexler really brought Kanye West over to the brand and was a champion for him there and was a person who helped grow the business into a billion-dollar business, which again is unprecedented. And
3: Kanye was a
4: big fan.
3: Oh, I have to
2: point out how John basically saved my life. Uh, John Wexler, this guy understood culture from Chicago, understood Jay Dilla, heard all the albums. He's like, when well, you guys want to go out and really, you know, get somebody to work with your guys' company, this might be about the person that they're talking to.
3: November 2014, Adidas officially announces the deal. Kanye has full creative control and will eventually earn a 15% royalty on every shoe sold. Kanye is delighted
2: I am going to be the Tupac of product it ain't no Tupac a rap except for Tupac I'm gonna be the first hip-hop designer and because of that
3: I'm gonna be bigger than Walmart in February 2015 the initial limited run of 9,000 pairs of the Adidas Yeezy Boost 750 sold
4: out within minutes what Wexler helped Kanye West do at Adidas was on another level that contributed in a meaningful way to Adidas revenue, to Adidas profits, and at a time when Adidas really needed it. For young sneakerheads like 17-year-old Paddy Smiley,
9: the shoes were an instant hit. Yeezys were like the singular coolest thing for people my age. They were like, you'd walk around, you'd see someone in a pair of Yeezys, and you'd go, oh my god, it's Yeezys. I've Wow lose your mind on it. If your mate had a pair of Yeezys, they had to like be locked away almost. They were that cool. They were far cooler than a pair of Jordans. They were far cooler than anything that we had. Like It got to the point where even fake Yeezys were ridiculously cool. If you wore a pair of fake Yeezy, that was still a flex. And now, Kanye isn't just winning
3: Grammys. In 2015, the Yeezy Boost 350 wins Footwear News Shoe of the Year. This time, Kanye had Wex on stage with him.
2: So it's cool to be up here with the three people that i screamed at the most in the past year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but less than a year later, in November 2016, Kanye was booed off stage after a 15-minute monologue during the Sacramento leg of his St. Pablo tour.
6: Get ready to have a field day for us. Get ready, get ready, because the show's over.
3: following evening, his show in Inglewood was cancelled at the last minute, foreshadowing the end of the tour.
6: We're going to move on now to that health scare for Kanye West. He's been hospitalized after a series of bizarre rants on stage. His tour has been cancelled.
10: His wife, Kim Kardashian, rushing home to be by his side.
3: Although the news wouldn't be public for some time, Kanye received a diagnosis that would significantly impact his marriage, his career and his future. He discovered he was bipolar.
11: Bipolar is a lifelong severe mental health illness characterised by changes in mood and energy.
3: Sarah Owen is the Policy and Communications Manager at Bipolar UK.
11: So if someone experiences a low mood, they'll have the well-known symptoms of depression and at its very worst, someone can have endless suicidal thoughts. If someone experiences a high mood, they can get symptoms of hypomania, such as not sleeping very much or sometimes not at all, impulsive spending. Maybe they make risky decisions or go through periods of hypersexuality. And if left untreated, that high mood can escalate into full-blown mania, where someone can go into psychosis and become incredibly paranoid. Usually at that point, they require hospitalisation.
3: People with bipolar are more prone to stress than the average person, and they have a tougher time bouncing back from a stressful situation. And working for Adidas in the early 2010s was very stressful. Olaf Storbeck covers Adidas for the Financial Times.
8: What several insiders told us, um, which initially was denied by Adidas, but later on other people kind of confirmed it in in kind of uh, informal conversations, was that Yeezy was basically used as a kind of stopgap if they were having a, a, a poor quarter and, and were at risk of missing some, some sales or earnings guidelines. Because Adidas had an America problem.
5: Outside of the US, Nike and Adidas are in relative parity. They have essentially the, about the same share. This is Matt Powell.
3: He's been researching the sports retail business for more than 20 years.
5: Nike typically has a slightly greater share than Adidas outside of the U.S., um, but they're very close together. Here in the U.S., the gap is huge. Uh, Nike is four times the size of Adidas.
3: When it comes to sneakers, the U.S. market is not like other markets. In 2013, as Wex was courting Kanye... Forbes reported that Nike's U.S. dominance gave it 54% of the global market for athletic apparel, compared with Adidas's 4.4%.
5: The U.S. represents about a third to 40% of the world's sneaker market, with 4% of the world's population. So it is incredibly important here.
3: And the fight back was not going well. In November 2013, Adidas sales in North America were down 1% for the year. Across the whole company, sales were flat. Adidas had two problems geography and demographics. They weren't American and they weren't cool.
7: I'm Miranda Sawyer, I'm a journalist and broadcaster. I have lots of trainers. (laughs) I like trainers. Um, I'm in my 50s and when I was younger, I'm from the north, Adidas was what we wore. That's what we were interested in. And I would kind of divide them in that era, let's say the 90s era, into the people who were into music like Adidas, the people who were into fashion like Nike, right? They've also did something over the last few years where they worked to kind of middle class women really well. So the women who would wear a midi dress, you know, like with spots on or brightly coloured, they would wear Stan Smiths.
3: The burst of interest in Yeezy meant that, for a while, Kanye was solving both of those problems. The first Yeezys sold for around $350. New shoes were launched every few months, and in 2015, Kanye claimed he'd sold 280,000 pairs. Overall, Adidas saw sales grow 10%. Clearly, Yeezy sales weren't enough to account for all of those dollars. But one former Adidas consultant told us,
10: Adidas made an incredible amount of money on Yeezy. They didn't have Michael Jordan, but the Yeezy shoe was as important to them as the Air Jordan is for Nike. Gap did the same, but don't get the attention. They all wanted the Kanye magic.
9: It was to the point where you couldn't wear them in certain situations. Like, you couldn't wear Yeezys just hanging about, because you would get mugged for them. There was no question about it. You would get mugged for Yeezys. That was what people were looking for. The hype around them was like, it was crazy. But there was still no Hyper on Adidas. It was purely, purely Yeezys. Nobody cared if you had a pair of Adidas. People were like, oh my god, are those Yeezys? For older consumers, not so much.
7: So they look a little bit like kind of gardening shoes. <laughs> They're kind of plastic and they look like an overshoe, right? With holes in. I've been saying I want to get rid of laces.
2: We still have shoes we sell with laces because it's a popular shoe and people love this shoe. And it it hurts me. I feel like Steve Jobs trying to, like, remove buttons off the side of the next Apple.
3: But a lot of the Yeezy hype depended on these rapid-fire limited releases, which is part of the structure inherent in the sneaker business.
5: The celebrity endorsements typically do not generate tremendous volume. They tend to be relatively small pairs made. And... Let's say they're four, f- somewhere between 5,000 and 50,000 pairs of a shoe made. That may sound like a lot. Nike sold 400 million pairs of shoes last year. Um, so 50,000 is a drop in the ocean.
3: It begins in 1984 when Michael Jordan signed with Nike in a blaze of publicity.
2: In the beginning, it could have been Adidas, not Nike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. T- tell, me, tell me how that, that went down, what was going on in your head.
5: Uh, you know what? The thing is, I never wore Nike shoes until I signed a Nike contract. Um, up to that point, my favorite shoe was a Diva shoe, you know? And...
3: Nike started releasing a new Air Jordan sneaker every season. Consumers started to collect, trade, and resell sneakers, creating a hugely lucrative resale market. Such is the demand for collectibles that sneakerheads snap up limited editions when they drop and sell them for a healthy profit on eBay or on specialist
9: sites like StockX. Uh, the resale market works, so they have their own app where they will advertise like a drop or sometimes it will be a surprise drop and then you'll buy them there and then you won't wear them. So you'll keep them and then people will resell them for a higher price because... It was a limited drops, and the more people want them than they're actually our shoes, so the price goes up. The big ones that everybody wanted for a while until they were re-released in 2022 were the Adidas Yeezy 350 V2 Zebras, or Zebras. And they were going for in the thousands at one point, and they were sold originally for like 200, 220. So it was it was quite a big markup. High-profile limited editions
3: serve as so-called brand halos and also act as test runs for new product
5: designs. The purpose for these launches or these releases are to sell out quickly uh, and create hype and buzz for, uh, for the brand, but they really don't re- yield much commercial value. For Adidas,
3: Yeezy introduced Adidas's new cushion sole and its so-called prime knit technology. This is basically synthetic yarns woven together with knitting machines, and these later featured in more affordable shoes. For this strategy to work, Adidas had to stick to the rules. The cool, limited-edition, cutting-edge Yeezys had to create hype. For shoe technology, the company would then feed through to the mass market. In 2018, something started to go wrong.
5: Sneakerheads
3: love limited
5: editions. In fact, if you think about it, the, the whole idea of scarcity really fights against the idea of growth. Um, if your brand is scarce, your product is scarce, you can't make it big. Now, Jordan, again, is the exception here. Jordan still is a brand that it does sell out and does still have scarcity. But it took 30-odd years for them to get to this point. But Adidas suddenly flooded the market. It's interesting, in the holiday of uh, 2018, Adidas really turned up the amount of product that they were buying for the US market. And they released a million pairs of shoes in about six weeks. And sneakerheads love to keep collecting new
9: designs. Okay, so when people wore Yeezys, it was, I'd say, 2017 to 19 was the biggest time, really. And it was, there was nothing really like it that we'd seen. But Adidas suddenly stopped releasing them. I think it was around 2018, 2019, where they didn't update the 350v2 into a 350v3. They haven't done that. So they've had eight years of the Adidas Yeezy 350v2 being the flagship, and there's only so many colours you can release before people go, OK, we want the new shoe now. And they just went, now nah, we're going to do a lot of dad shoes. It's at this moment, things start to slip.
0: Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
2: How do you solve a crime in reverse when you believe that someone was murdered but have no clue who the victim was? We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill? If it's possible, how are we going to do that? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
12: I think that when most people come into town, the the scenery, the, the mountains... The surroundings is probably the most dramatic. The following year,
3: Kanye buys a ranch near Cody, Wyoming.
12: It's a wonderful place to visit. It's on the doorstep of Yellowstone Park. We've got animals and outdoor recreational activities and fishing and hiking and world-class museums in, in our area and then always a trip to the rodeo in the summertime if available. So This is Matt Hall. He's been the mayor of Cody since 2016. We're bordered on all sides of town by mountains that are anywhere between two to 3,000 feet higher than, the, than town. And we have, a, we have a lot of wildlife. We have uh, mule deer in town. We have grizzly bears that try and go out to our landfill, which is south of town. And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice area.
3: Cody is surrounded by what used to be known as the Wild West. It's even named after Buffalo Bill Cody. So it's about 500 miles from Denver, Colorado, about 800 miles from Las Vegas, and it's 1,000 miles from Adidas' USHQ in Portland, Oregon. So it came as something of a surprise to the industry when Kanye decided Adidas would move Yeezy's entire R&D operation to
5: Cody. It is totally unprecedented uh, in, in uh, anything I've ever seen that an endorser would uh, would ask that the brand make, let's call it supply chain accommodations to, uh, to to the product.
3: When Kanye arrived in town, Mayor Hall's office was one of his first stops.
12: When he, he came and visited me in my office and he just kind of popped around a corner and sat down and had a conversation with me about what the town was like, what would what the needs were, what maybe some of the issues were, what are some of the resources that Kanye could bring to
3: town. For Mayor Hall, this was a welcome investment.
12: There's definitely a, a couple sizable warehouse Where they had the R&D situation set up, we actually had a, a pharmaceutical company for a while. And they had built this really large facility. And so they came in and they rented out that entire space and then there was a couple other commercial properties that they bought in town, and then there were all the Adidas staff who had to relocate. A lot of them would stay there. Uh, we had, I think, they rented, they rented to several different places in town for the entire time they were here. And one of a couple of them were like Airbnb's. Like they were renting an Airbnb continuously for a year and a half, just to make that available
3: to bring those folks in and but Kanye's erratic behaviour was manifesting in more than just moving his company to a small midwestern city.
7: You know, when he was being in creative meetings with young people from Adidas, he would do things like, you know, show a porn video, which is obviously completely, completely inappropriate and unfair on these young people. If you're working with someone that is highly creative, incredibly rich and really, really important, it's very hard to say, for anyone to say, even if somebody's older than them to say you know what i don't really like that that's not cool but if you're younger 15 20 years younger and new and you're not that important in within the setup of adidas you know you know that you're dispensable in the way that kanye is not dispensable he's really really important you can't say anything you just have to sit there
3: in 2018 adidas employees allegedly showed a presentation to the executive board outlining the risks that they faced by interacting with kanye west
8: Somebody re- relatively recently told me that apparently there were instances like he kind of coming into the office, telling people, oh, I don't like what you, what you wear, uh, change it.
3: Kanye even released a 30-minute documentary on YouTube, including a scene where he shows a pornographic video to two Adidas executives on his phone. And just after the Kanye adidas deal collapsed, a number of Yeezy employees spoke to Rolling Stone about his erratic behavior and porn addiction. Staff recalled being in meetings where West showed them pornography saying, this is what I want people to feel when they put on our shoes. At the end of October this year, the New York Times published similar allegations, including Kanye's troubling obsession with Hitler and the fact that employees had a code-red signal to warn each other when staff felt exhausted and unsupported.
8: The allegation by Yeezy staff was that Adidas management was aware of this inappropriate behaviour and basically tolerated it, didn't intervene because it was such an important um, partnership and they basically turned a blind eye to this.
3: They also managed to turn a blind eye to Kanye's erratic public behaviour. In May 2018, he suggested 400 years of slavery was a choice.
2: When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. (laughs) Like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of
3: y'all? In August, he appeared on The Jimmy Kimmel Show and discussed his bipolar disorder.
2: I think it's important for us to have conversations about Mental health, uh, especially with me being black, because we never had therapists in the black community. We never approached like taking medication. And I, I think it's good that when I had my first complete blackout at age five, my mom didn't fully medicate me because I might have never been yay, in there's times where uh, at
3: least: In I September, he served as creative director for the PornHub Awards. In October, he called for the abolition of the Thirteenth Amendment the clause in the US Constitution that outlawed slavery. In the same month, he said he'd planned to name his 2018 album after Adolf Hitler, and he also met Trump in the Oval Office to talk, once again, about being bipolar.
10: What do you do when someone is massively influential, multi-hyphenated, and won't take his medication? He has a disease that tells you you do not have a disease. He was absolutely crazy.
3: At the time, however, Adidas had its own problems. Other celebrity fashion lines with Beyoncé and Pharrell Williams, which executives had hoped would generate hundreds of millions of dollars, had failed to take off. Yeezy, on the other hand, was generating close to $1 billion a year for the company. So Adidas doubled down, creating Yeezy Day to celebrate the sneakers every year on the 2nd of August. And Wex moved all in at Yeezy to become the brand's general manager. But by the following year... Anyone working at Yeezy must have felt they were stepping through the looking glass. Kanye announced he would be running for president. And then Adidas employees received a stunning email.
7: We regret to inform you that John Wexler, VP GM of Yeezy, has decided to leave Adidas to pursue interests outside the company, effective August 31st.
3: On Instagram, Kanye paid tribute, saying Godspeed to my brother John Wexler. This man changed the game with our Adidas deal and helped bring Adidas to a $62 billion market cap and made me a multi billionaire. Thank you, John. You changed my life.
4: I believe that once Wex left, Kanye West did not have a real facilitator to help manage his relationship with Adidas.
5: I guess I wondered at the time when Wexler left Adidas whether that was a first sign that there was a meltdown coming. And did he perceive that the situation was going to get worse and wanted to get out before before it all blew up?
3: Yeezy's final act began when Kanye wore a White Lives Matter t-shirt during the Yeezy Season 9 fashion show at Paris Fashion Week in October 2022. Adidas issued this statement three days later.
7: After repeated efforts to privately resolve the situation, we have taken the decision to place the partnership under review.
3: What had changed?
10: They weathered abortion, race, slavery, sexism, violence. But they couldn't weather anti-Semitism because that's sacrosanct grounds for German companies.
3: Adidas was founded in 1948 by Adolf Dassler. Nickname Adi. Adidasler, Adidas. Get it? Addy was born in Bavaria in 1900. He was a keen athlete, and in his 20s began designing spiked running shoes. He pioneered the relationship between athlete and shoe at the 1928 Olympics, where the German distance runner Lina Radke broke the world 800 metres record wearing a pair of Dasslers. Addy was soon supplying athletes all over the world, including, at the 1936 Berlin Olympics, the black American runner Jesse Owen, who won four gold medals. But by then... Adi was a member of the Nazi party. His company was making its money supplying sports equipment to the Hitler Youth and shoes for the German army. It's something the company tries to forget. You won't find any mention of this on its website, for instance. And it's sensitive to anything that reminds the world of Adi's party membership.
7: As a company, does have to react. They have to react for two reasons. One, because, you know, he was blatantly being anti-Semitic and racist. That's very, very difficult for a company to associate themselves with. But also because he was treating their employees very badly.
3: Since the 1920s, contracts between brands and celebrities have what's technically called the morality clause. But it's really a bad behaviour clause.
2: My name is Gonzalo Mann. I'm a partner at the law firm of Kelly, Dry & Warren. One of the things I spend a fair bit of time doing is working on celebrity and influencer agreements. So the clause generally gives a brand the right to terminate if a celebrity does something outside of the contract that could harm a brand's reputation. So for example, if they've been arrested, if they've been accused of a crime, or if they make offensive statements. And brands can generally terminate under a morals clause without giving the celebrity an opportunity to fix things because it's likely at that point those things can't be fixed. Oakley and other brands terminated agreements with Lance Armstrong after he was accused of taking performance-enhancing drugs. H&M terminated an agreement with Kate Moss after she admitted to using recreational drugs. Reebok terminated an agreement with Michael Vick after he was arrested for illegal dogfighting. And I'll say most of these sort of. Breakups happen as quietly as possible because it's in the interest of both the brand and the celebrity to make it go away.
3: The Yeezy breakup was not quiet. Adidas was clear when it announced the end of its relationship with Kanye.
7: Adidas does not tolerate anti Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Yee's recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness.
3: The statement had two other interesting points. Adidas expected to lose 250 million euros as a result of the decision and insisted it was the sole owner of all Yeezy's design rights.
10: For Adidas, it was one collaboration that was driving the business. That's all Adidas had in terms of big names compared to Nike. Adidas breaking up with Kanye is the business equivalent of Nike breaking up with Michael Jordan.
8: And, and, and there were some internal warnings, we were told, by internal managers, saying, oh, look, it, we, we shouldn't kind of make us overly dependent on, on, on this brand, which is kind of linked to a, to a really wayward um, celebrity who, who could go uh, wrong um, at any, any, any given point. And, and those warnings were ignored.
3: No one at Adidas appeared to take responsibility for ignoring these warnings. And in September, it briefly looked like the new Adidas CEO, Bjorn Gulden, was reaching out an olive branch to Kanye in an interview.
10: I think Kanye West is one of the most creative people in the world. And then as creative people, you know, he did some statements, which wasn't that good. And that caused Adi to break the contract and withdraw the product. Very unfortunate, because I don't think he meant what he said. And, and I don't think he's a bad person. It just came across that way.
3: Adidas took its hit from the Easy deal. Sales fell by almost twice what the company predicted. In early 2023, it decided to cut its losses by shifting its remaining Yeezy stock. Adidas's most recent results showed a big boost from selling off Kanye's work, and Adidas has told investors
9: it's turning a corner. Some aren't so sure.
3: They think the fundamental problems remain.
9: Oh, I think Adidas is a dead brand because... Well, I think in the world of sports is, is a big factor in that. So they Adidas obviously had Messi, Nike had Cristiano Ronaldo and Adidas failed to replace Messi essentially so the the two people headlining this new generation of football are Haaland and Mbappe they're both Nike athletes and to make way for these Nike athletes Nike you know got rid of some of their existing ones like Neymar and Raheem Sterling and they didn't go to Adidas Neymar went to Puma they completely skipped Adidas
3: So what are the issues this story throws up? I mean, of course it's clear that Kanye's behaviour with Adidas employees was entirely inappropriate and utterly unpardonable. And yet, with Kanye making billions for Adidas, the rapper was fully aware of being in a position that thousands of black sports stars and artists have faced for decades.
10: Kanye had been talking about systemic stuff. There is a tension that the fate of black creativity is not in the hands of black people. As powerful as LeBron is in sport, he hands the trophy to a white woman. The intersection between money and a global business and bipolar becomes a really loaded topic when there's a black man at the heart of it.
2: Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? How, Sway! Like you take a few steps back to go- You ain't, got
3: the, answers, you
6: ain't it's got, it's got the answers, man! You ain't got the
3: answers! And a lot of his more outlandish behavior, well, it sounds very much like the symptoms of
11: bipolar. What we've heard many people living with bipolar tell us that when they are unwell, they can say things and behave in ways which they later deeply regret. And we've heard countless stories um, during periods of hypermania and mania of impulsive overspending, risk-taking, hypersexual behaviour and irrational decision-making And many of these actions can have far-reaching, sometimes life-changing consequences.
3: As Olaf says, Adidas was using Yeezy sales to hit quarterly targets. Was this fair on an artist with a lifelong mental health condition?
7: I mean, I think you possibly do have a duty of care because it's not unstressful being Kanye and it's not unstressful trying to design things and get them out and get them to work. So you are definitely, you know, okay. You're paying him for it, but you're adding to his the, his general stress.
3: We contacted Adidas with the points raised in this podcast, but they haven't come back to us.
8: I'm not aware of anyone who, because of kind of easy repercussions, uh, lost their job. I mean, the I think it was in late 2020 two, just after uh, the uh, Yeezy partnership was ditched by Adidas, Adidas launched an internal investigation um, commissioning an independent law firm uh, with, um, well, getting to the bottom of these allegations. They said they were looking in ways to how to prevent this and kind of how to have a better system that these kind of behavior would deflect and, and not tolerate it anymore.
6: I think the branding highway is littered with bleached bones of many celebrity deals that have um, fallen foul and died. It, it, It would seem that there are no real lessons of history because it all boils down to a brand needs the power of a celebrity in the now to associate themselves with commercially and all the sort of associated um, branding joy that comes with that.
3: There's a very dark background to any marketing strategy that places one individual, creative, sporting or otherwise, at the heart of a company's business. Sports shoe brands depend on us believing in the elite, an individual who is so much better than the rest. Sports or music, they're so good they can do anything, and they usually get away with it. This strategy started in 1930s Berlin. Adi Dazzler pioneered the athlete as the champion of the sports shoe. The 1936 Olympics was his breakthrough moment. But the 1936 Olympics changed sportswear marketing in another way. Hitler's favorite filmmaker, Leni Reifenstahl, released Olympia, a documentary of the event. The film fetishizes physical perfection. Featuring artfully lit, muscular sports stars gazing into tomorrow. It looks like every heroic athlete advert you've ever seen. Ubermensch, with powers you'll never have. But hey, at least you can buy their shoes. Of course, Addy and Lenny were selling myths. Every England fan knows that putting 11 brilliant individuals on the pitch doesn't win tournaments. Sport is about teamwork. Coaches, families, money. Just as music is about background, producers, labels and money. It's never just one athlete. It's never just one genius. It's the team that gives them the power and the fans that make them the money. Now, I'm not suggesting that anyone in modern sportswear companies has any fascist sympathies. But the stunned, traumatised Adidas staff and Kanye's collapsing mental health should at least be a wake-up call to these companies. If you're going to make billions out of the myth of superhumans, you need to make sure you're treating real humans with care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Slow Newscast. It was written and reported by me, Stephen Armstrong. The producer was Emmy Harper. A sound design by Hannah Varrell. The executive editors were Chloe Hajimatheo and Kerry Thomas. And if you or someone you know is affected by bipolar, help and information is available on the Bipolar UK website, www.bipolaruk.org.
0: protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
9: Does what's going on in the American election scare and bemuse you in equal measure?
0: Want to know what Biden and Trump are up
3: to without tearing your hair out? Then you need to listen to American Friction, the brand new
9: podcast about the countdown to the big vote in November from the makers of Oh God, What Now, The Bunker and Paper Cuts. Every Friday, we'll speak to leading experts and blockbuster commentators from the United States to explain the latest news and the big issues behind the vote. That's American Friction with me, Jacob Jarvis. Me, Chris Jones. And me, Nikki McCann Ramirez. Out every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.